Come on, how's everybody tonight? Good, good, y'all all. Now, here's the thing, we had really good burgers tonight, but you cannot go to sleep on me tonight, all right? We've got to uh, wake up a little bit. Well, let's stand, that'll help things, all right? Uh, we're gonna stand and uh, we are going to sing. Let me get my music up here in the right spot. We're gonna sing, oh, happy day. How many of you love that, amen?
Kelly is going to lead us in a song, and this is a great song that uh, Casting Crowns put out, and I love what it says. The chorus is, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul. Amen? So let's do it. Are you ready, brother? I'm ready. He's ready. All right, here we go. Why you ever chose me? It's always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line. All the other not quite. All the never get it right. But it turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time. I just know nobody trying to tell Living for the world to see, nobody but Jesus. Well, Moses had stage fright, and David brought a rock to a sword fight. You picked 12 outsiders nobody would have chosen, and you changed the world. Well, the moral of the story is, everybody's got a purpose. Tracy over here, we're going to sing a little 
chain breaker. How many of you, Jesus has broken chains? Amen. Amen. Miss Tracy, sing it for us if you would. You've been walked in the same old road for miles and miles. If you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies. You've been trying to fill the same old holes inside. There's a better life. There's a better life. If you've got pain, he's a pain taker. Somebody glad to see him tonight. Let's agree one another. The Floyd boys are going to come and they're going to sing here in just a moment.
this time. Amen. All right, everybody, you can find your place. And you may be seated. Man. Hey, did you fix that monitor? I did. I did. Thank you. <laughs> that, Thank God. Man. I just wanted to say little Miss Tracy right there got me crying on the back row over there. But I want you all to know this little lady supplies me with the drugs every 90 days. <clears throat> I, I take my cholesterol problem to her, and she fixes it. So, I, man, that was a blessing. Miss Tracy's a drug dealer for a lot of people yeah. in here. Amen. Amen. No. I'm gonna she, tell your boss you need a raise. That was that was a good she's song. A, she's one of those good drug dealers. Amen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Government sanctioned. All right. We are going to uh, sing a couple of songs for you. Give the Floyd boys a big hand if you would. Let's see. Play that just to see if we're play loud, loud, play loud and proud. Not really. Hang on, hang on. Let me let me find her over here. We, we're Where's trying to take the governor off. Where's the keys at? There's some keys. There we go. There she is. Uh, Miss Julie, where'd my piano girl go? We got some strings up here that we don't need with it. We just need straight piano. We're all tied up here. <laughs> Get these strings off us. We just need straight up piano. It got changed. I've been trying to get them to punch, punch the honky tonk button, but they don't. <laughs> they don't happen. <clears throat> all right, we're gonna do a little John the Revelator. one day as he was left alone to die he began to pray the Holy Ghost fell on him the Spirit it came down he began to write about the things he saw the Revelator's name was John John the Revelator saw Jerusalem coming down yes it was John John the Revelator and when he looked around he saw feet like brass, eyes like fire, heard a great voice saying, John the Revelator wrote about the city of God. You hurt yourself, didn't you? While in the spirit praying, John turned around to see if the voice he had heard was what it seemed to be. Just like many waters, a great trumpet sound. He said, I am the first and last. The Revelator wrote it down. Talking about John. John the Revelator saw Jerusalem coming down. Yes, it was John. John the Revelator. And when he looked around, he saw feet like brass, eyes like fire. Heard a great voice saying, come up John the Revelator wrote about the city of God. Yes, it was John. John the Revelator saw 
John the Revelator, and when he looked around, he saw feet like brass, eyes like fire, heard a great voice saying, Come up, hey, oh yeah, John the Revelator, rode about the city of God. <laughs> uh, we got, I got a water. I'm going to take a water break. Okay. Y'all, y'all just mill around in the parking lot. I'll be right Talk back. Talk amongst yourselves. Amen. <laughs> I know. Yes, I know. I'm trying to get in touch with my feminine side on that song. Amen. No, that's fine. <laughs> All right. You ready? have a word of prayer and then brother Herman is going to come and he's going to share with us father we love you and we thank you so much for your love and your mercy and your grace towards us God we thank you for uh, Lord the everybody in this room Lord all the lives you have touched all the lives that have been changed uh, because of you father 
And so, Lord, I pray that, God, you'd be with Brother Herman tonight. I pray that, God, you'd hide him behind the cross, and that, God, you would just uh, use him in an incredible way tonight. Thank you for all these that came out on a Tuesday night. Uh, Lord, what a great crowd, and we thank you for that. And, God, we just pray that, Lord, you'd use this time. Holy Spirit, fill this room with your presence. We ask it in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. amen. Give Brother Herman a big hand if you would. Thank you for being here tonight. Again, this is a good, good crowd, and we certainly appreciate each and every one of you uh, that have come out. Thank you so much. How many of y'all had the Diablo burger a while ago? Any? I'm the only nut in the crowd, amen? I love hot stuff. I really do. And he told me, he said, uh, it's got a little kick to it. I said, that's all right. He should have said it has a big kick. I tell you what, that was the hottest hamburger I've ever eaten in my life. But it was certainly good, and we enjoyed it. And so I hope that you enjoyed your sandwich as well. And I hope that you got here in time to, to get one. Good to have some preachers with us tonight. Uh, Brother George Foreman uh, from down in Frankston. He was here last year when we were here. Came and visited, and we appreciate him. And then Brother Mike Ford. He just right around the bend over there on the other road and uh, Hill Creek, and we'll be with him in a few weeks. Uh, I think about four more weeks or five we'll be with him, and we certainly invite you to come sickle right around the bend and come over and visit us over there, and we'll just have a good time together. I have preached in every one of Brother Mike's churches that he's ever pastored. He's always had us, and I go back into the 80s with him, and I appreciate him so much, and he's been such a dear, dear friend of mine, and I appreciate that so much. And I, as I said last night, I love your pastor. I love Brother Mark and Julie. You cannot know them and not love them. Amen? They are just super, super people. As I said last night, that I hope that you'll continue to encourage one another and that you'll encourage your pastor and, uh, and always lift him up in prayer. We know you do and appreciate that. I'm going to share a message tonight. I was praying this morning, and God laid it upon my heart. And, and I thought, well, Lord, did I preach that there last year? Uh, I have a computer in my trailer, and it's in Abilene. And every place I've ever been, I've always kept track of every sermon that I've ever preached there. And I've always said that I would never go back to a place and preach the same sermon. Uh, I had a lady, uh, a friend of ours, and uh, she's one of those bookkeeper type that, you know, every time you say turn to your passage of Scripture, she'll put right there the date and who preached it, you know. And one time she was visiting church, and she said, uh, Brother Herman, she said, uh, you've preached that sermon before. I said, I know it was so good, God wanted to hear it again. <laughs> and uh, But it amazes me that most people that say that, doesn't even remember what you preached a year ago, more or less five or ten years ago. Uh, but God laid this message up on my heart because I just was praying this morning, and I've gotten a lot of requests out of this this week right here. Uh, we said the other night in the service that uh, you don't have to go outside the walls of our churches to find people that are hurting, people that are struggling, people that are going through some very difficult times in their life. And I'm one of those that believe that uh, God's greater than any problem. He's a 
bigger than any need that you and I have, uh, that when we just let go and let God have his way, there's no limit to what God can do in a person's life. And I was praying this morning, and I, I you know, I mean, after 42 years, I, there's I, jillions of messages, but this message kept coming back to my heart because I feel like there's somebody here tonight that really needs this message. There's somebody here tonight that's really struggling in your life and that God wants to perform a miracle in your life that if you would only let go, if you would just turn loose and let God have his way and be willing to to be obedient to God, to do what God wants you to do, there's no limit to what God can do. And so I want to share this passage with you. It may be for only one person in this room, but if you're that one person, it's the most important message you'll ever hear. So if you have your Bible tonight, turn with me to the book of 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. Beginning reading in verse 1, it says, Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet unto Elijah, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditors have come to take unto him my two sons to be bondsmen. And Elijah said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me. What is I in thy house? And she said, The handmaid has not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go and bore thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. And when thou hast come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shall pour out into those vessels, and shall set aside that which is full. So she went from him, and shut the door upon her and upon her sons, who had brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass that when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more, and the oil stayed or stopped. Then she came and told the man of God, listen to this, and he said, go and sell the oil and pay thy debt and live thou and thy children of the rest. What a marvelous story that pertains to you and I tonight in times of our needs, in times of our difficulties when it seems like the weight of the world is upon our shoulders and we don't know where to turn. I want to take this story and I want to break it down like this. First of all, I want to talk about this woman's need. Then I want to talk about the demand that she got and then, of course, the blessing that she received. Then I'm going to give you four points real quickly that will literally change your life here tonight. Let's look at the demand for just a moment. This woman had a tremendous need in her life. As a matter of fact, think about it for a moment. She came crying to the man of God. She was in despair. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there when you were smiling on the outside, but you were crying on the inside? Have you ever been there? I've met some of you this week that's there. You try to smile but you're hurting on the inside. Problems, difficulties, 
things that are going on that you don't know what to do. And neither did this woman. She comes to the man of God in despair. And not only was she in despair, but I want you to notice something else. She was heartbroken. Her husband had died. I used to say for a long time that I, I, I couldn't imagine what that felt like. I believe that's one of the most difficult things that a person goes through in life. To live with a person, to love that person with all of your heart and spend all of that time and then all of a sudden lose your mate. And for so long I said I couldn't even begin to imagine. But I stand before you tonight to say that I do know how that feels. As I've said and I haven't hit it in any way, but when Judell passed away it seemed like that my life began to make a spiral. And that spiral was going down, down, down. I just got to the place that there I, I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to do anything. I, I didn't want to be around anybody. I, I, ju I just wanted to be alone. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there when you just felt like that your heart was just so broken that you didn't know what to do, that you just simply was in total despair? Have you ever been there? She was. But not only was her heart broken, but the Bible said that she was in debt. Her husband had left her deeply in debt. Have you ever been there? I'm not talking about just financially, but have you ever been there when you gave and you gave and you gave and you seemed like you couldn't give any more and it just wasn't enough? Have you ever been there? She was. And not only did he leave her in debt, but now the Bible said that the creditors had come to take her two sons to be bondsmen. You know what that means? That means that you and I know that in biblical days that if you owed an indebtedness, that indebtedness had to be paid. And if you couldn't pay it, the next of kin had to pay it. And if they couldn't pay it, the next of kin, the next of kin. But somebody was going to pay that indebtedness. And so now the creditors were knocking on her door, wanting her two boys in order to, for them to be bondsmen in order to come and to pay what she owed. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there when it felt like that they wanted more out of you than you had to give? That you had done all that you could do and it just simply wasn't enough? Have you ever been there? So she goes to the man of God and she pours out her heart to the man of God. And he asks her, he said, what do you have? She said, don't have anything except a little pot of oil. That's all we have left. He said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go home and I want you and and your boys to go out and, and bar vessels, empty vessels, and bar not a few, and, and bring them into the house and shut the door and, and take your little pot of oil and begin to pour into those vessels and set aside that which is full. Now you think of how that must have sounded. I can see this mother coming home and the boy running down the road saying, Mama, Mama, how much money did Elijah give you? And she said he didn't give us any. So when, when is he going to come and talk to the creditors? He's not going to come. Well, Mama, what are we going to do? And she must have set those boys down, and, and she said something like this. You know that your daddy was a godly man, 
and your daddy taught us that God's ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts and that we walk not by sight, but we walk by faith. Here's what he told us to do. He said to go out and get vessels, empty vessels, and bring them into the house, shut the door, and you know that little pot of oil that we have? He said, pour into those vessels and set that which is aside. She said, boys, we can't see it. We don't understand it, but we're going to obey it. Go get the vessels, boys. And so I can imagine the boys going out and borrowing vessels, and they bring them into the house, and they shut the door, and, and Mama said, now bring me a vessel, and, and they moved the vessel over to her, and she took her little oil, and she began to pour into that vessel, and that, that oil just kept running until that first vessel almost became filled. And she said, give me another one. And they scooted another one over, and she moved to the second one. And, and it just kept filling up and filling up until she said, bring me another one. And maybe one of those boys said, give her that big blue one over there. I know there ain't that much oil. And they scooted that big blue one over there, and she moved over there, and it just kept running and, until it was almost filled. Till she said to the boys, give me another one. And they said, there is no more, and the oil stopped. She goes back to the man of God, and she says to the man of God, she said, I got all of these vessels full of oil. What do I do with it? And listen to what he said. He says, go and sell it and pay your debt. Now, that would make a Baptist shout, amen? I mean, how would you, folks, how would you just like God to just, Simply wipe off your problem tonight. Wipe off your need tonight. That'd make us shout, amen? But you see, God wasn't through. He said, not only go and sell the oil and pay your debt, but he says, you and your boys live on the rest. You see, God is not only a God of enough, but he's a God of more than enough. You see, God didn't come in order to put you down, God came in order to pick you up. Amen? And so here's this story that we read and we say, well, how does it apply to me here tonight? If you're sitting there tonight and this woman, she had four major needs in her life and maybe tonight you have one need, maybe tonight you have two needs or three needs and maybe you're sitting here with four needs tonight. What is it that can change your life tonight that you can walk out of this building different than you walked into this building? I'm going to give you four things. And if you've got a pencil, you need to write them down because, my friend, these four things will change your life from this story. Are you ready for the first one? Here's number one. Blessings always come after obedience. Now catch what I said. Blessings always come after obedience. Now what we like to do is get the blessings before we obey. Well, God, if you'll just kind of open the window, God, if you just kind of open the door, God, if you'll just kind of give me a little more raise, I promise you, God, I promise you, God, I'll do what you want me to do. You'll never experience it. Because blessings do not come before obedience. Blessings come after obedience. Every miracle in the Bible always 
without an exception, happened like this. They got a word from God, they obeyed the word, and the blessing came. What's this? Peter, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draw. There was a demand right there. And you remember Peter said, I've taught all night, caught nothing. But nevertheless, at thy word I'll go. And you remember what the Bible says? And when he let down his net, he enclosed a great multitude of fish. He never caught a fish until he did what God told him to do. Remember Jehoshaphat? Three armies coming against him. God gave him a song, told him where to go. And you remember what Scripture says? It says, and when they began to sing, God said ambushment. God never moved until they did what God told them to do. So the question tonight is, what is it that God is wanting you to do that you haven't been willing to be obedient to? Because we want the blessing but we don't want the obedience. Take the simplicity of salvation. When, when does a person get saved? You hear the word, then do you get saved and then decide you want salvation? No. You hear the word, you submit to the word, and you receive salvation. It always comes after. Obedience. Folks, let me tell you something. Now, I know I'm old, okay? But here's the thing that I've learned. We don't need new truth. We need to obey the truth we already know. Because what is hurting most of us in this room tonight is not what we don't know. It's what we know that we're not willing to obey. Blessings always come after obedience. I'll give you the second point. Are you ready? God could only fill empty vessels. Did you notice in the story, he says, go and bar vessels, empty vessels. Why did he say empty vessels? I mean, she had a tremendous need in her life. So why didn't God just say, go out and bar a bunch of full vessels and bring them into the house? Why did he major upon empty vessels? Well, the answer is obvious. If they would have brought full ones in that room that day, there wouldn't have been any room for God. And God could not fill full vessels. God could only fill what? Empty vessels. Now, here's my point. That many times in our life, we're so filled with ourselves that there's no room for God. As I said in the message the other day, you know, I struggled for that for years. Well, God, this is what I think. God says, I don't give a rip what you think. Not important. Amen? Well, God, this is what I'm going to do. God says, don't care about what you're going to do either. It's not about you doing it. It's about me. See, I, I preached that, that point on in that sermon about this, is that when you and I become nothing, then God can become everything. It's not about us. It's all about Him. And too many times in our life, we, have, we are so filled with so many things in our life 
that there's no room for God. God could only fill empty vessels. And he can only fill the person in this room that is willing to be empty before him. Third lesson. Blessings only come after obedience. He could only fill empty vessels. Thirdly, he could only fill the amount they brought. Think about that for a minute. He says, go and borrow empty vessels and borrow not a few. Now, you're good at math. So let's say they go out and they borrow 10 vessels. They bring in 10 vessels into the room. She gets her oil, not counting her oil. Don't, don't even count that one. But she pours in number one, number two, all the way down the line until she gets to the last one. She said, give me another one. They said, there is no more. The oil stopped. She puts hers back down, not counting hers. How many did God fill? Ten. All of them. Let's say that they brought in five. How many did God fill? Five. Let's say they brought in 12. How many did God fill? The only limitation God had in that room that day were the amount of vessels that were placed before him. God could fill five. God could have filled ten. God could have filled a hundred. God could have filled a thousand. He's God. But the vessel he couldn't fill was a vessel that was not brought before him. Let that sink in a minute. See, there's not anything that God can't do in any one of our lives. Not anything. But I tell you one thing he can't do. He can't meet the need in the one that's not willing to put themselves before him. He could only fill the amount that was placed before him. And my friend, I want to tell you, pride is our biggest enemy. We stand in invitation. God speaks to our heart. God says, surrender, surrender, give it. Today's the day. Today's your day. And all of a sudden, you know what happens? We begin to think, well, what would people say if I stepped down there? What would people think? You know, people are going to think i got a big problem. People are going to wonder what my problem And you allow people to keep you from placing yourself before God so that you can be emptied in order that you can be filled. And we have people after people that walk out of our churches every Sunday with the very same problem, the very same need, the very same heartache that they walk in with, they walk out with simply because of their pride. They will not humble themselves before God. So blessings come after obedience. God could only feel... Uh, uh, empty vessels. God could only fill the amount of vessels that was placed before him. Now look at this last one. Only God could get the glory. Now she tells the man of God, and he says, go and sell it. Pay your debt. You and your children live on the rest. Now I don't know how, she, how they sold oil in that day. But I think she goes home and tells the boy, gather up the vessels, boys. We're taking them down to the store. And they take them down to the store. And I, I don't know if they weighed the oil or whether he tasted the oil or what, but I do believe that that was probably the 
best oil that storekeeper had ever bought. And somewhere in that conversation, he must have said, where did you get that oil? You know what she had to say? I didn't get it. My God gave it. Let me tell you about my God and how great he is. You see, folks, the truth of the matter is, God's not here to glorify us. We're here to glorify him. And, 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 and in, in, in that story, only God could get the glory. Boy, I, I tell you, I, I meet people, well, let me tell you what I've done. <laughs> Got to watch out, amen? It, it's like, you know, a preacher, I built this church. Well, folks, I want to tell you, if man built the church, it ain't worth going to, amen? If God doesn't build the church, it's not worth having. It's not about us. It's all about God. And that's why God wants to bless your life. That's why God wants to bless my life. It's so that we may be a blessing to him. That when people look at us and say, how did you do that? We simply say, I didn't do it. My God did. Let me tell you about the greatness and the graciousness of my God. You see, I don't know what your need is here. There's people in this room tonight that need a miracle. And folks, one thing I was studying this morning, you, you, you listen, the miracle's there, but you have to be willing to reach out and take it. You got, you got, you got to have, what did it say here? It says, knock, and it'll what? Be open. Didn't say it, just be open. It said you got to knock, Amen. See, folks, look, it's before you tonight. What is it that God can't do? What is, what is the miracle that you need tonight? Do you have the faith to believe that your God is bigger than your problems? Do you have faith enough to believe tonight that God is greater than your needs? Don't bring God down to your level. Take yourself up to God's level to believe that your God can do anything. Be obedient. Whatever it is that God wants you to do, be willing to do it. Step where you've never stepped. Go where you've never gone before. As I said Sunday morning, the Bible says Moses turned aside to see this bush that was burning but yet not being consumed. And when God saw him turn aside, God called him out. God never spoke until Moses turned and looked at the bush. He wanted to see something. He wanted to experience something that he had never experienced before in his life. What about you? We're so used to walking in the natural. Our churches operate in the natural. If we don't have it, we can't have it. If we don't have it, we, we, can't, we can't possess it. You know? Don't, 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 don't live your life by sight. Live your life by faith. Believing that God cares about you. He loves you. And it is God's good pleasure to bless you. I don't know what your miracle is tonight. But my friend, if you would just simply let go and let God have his way, you would be amazed at what God Take your hands off of it and say, God, here it is.
I lay it before you. Would you do that? Would you do that tonight? Or do you want to carry that problem right out this building with you? And, and, and listen, don't come down here tonight and say, I'm laying it down, and then walk right out that door and pick it back up. You lay it down, you walk out of here saying, thank you, God. I don't know how you're going to do it. God, I don't know how you're going to provide it, but I'm just going to trust you, and I'm going to be obedient to you, God. I'm going to honor you. I'm going to do what you want me to do. And, God, I'm just going to walk with you and see what you're going to do, God, in my life. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. God, there's somebody in this room tonight that needed to hear this message. God, they've struggled with their problem. They've worked on their problem. They've tried to solve their problem. And, Lord, I've always said, if we knew what to do with our problem, why do we still have it? Because the truth of the matter is, God, we don't know what to do with it. But, God, you do. And, God, some of the biggest situations in our life are only opportunities to bring you the most glory out of our life. Lord, there's people here tonight that's hurting. There's people in need tonight. There's people that hearts are broken here tonight. And, God, you're speaking to Lord, it may be about that 30 minutes that I mentioned last night about getting up early and spending time with you. Lord, it might be about getting back to the Word that, Lord, that they used to be in. God, it may be about their faithfulness. It may be about their giving. God, it may be about unforgiveness. God, it may be about unity. God, it may be about loving their husband or loving their wife or loving their children, children loving their parents. Lord, I don't know what that need may be tonight. But God, I pray tonight that you would speak to them. And that God, that you would speak to whatever it is that is standing between you and them tonight, that is keeping them from your very best. And tonight that they would lay it down and simply say tonight, I declare in my life that I'm going to be obedient, that I am going to serve God, I'm going to listen to God. I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to be filled with his Holy Spirit, and I'm going to experience what God wants me to experience in my life. I'm not going to be moved by what I see. I'm not going to be moved by what I hear. I'm not going to be moved by people around me. I'm not going to be moved by this world. I'm only going to be moved by the word of God and trusting him. And God, I pray for that person tonight. So, Lord, you, you speak to your children tonight. God, you just give them the courage to lay it down tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing an invitation. Brother Mark's going to be here. I'm going to ask you to come tonight. If God's speaking to your heart, I know there's at least one here tonight that needed this message. You walked in here tonight hurting. You walked in here tonight and God had a word for you. Now the question is, what are you going to do with that word? Will you surrender it to him tonight? Say, God, I don't know how. I can't handle it, God, but I believe you can. 
Would you give it to him tonight? Come on, Brother Mark will meet you right here. Just say, Mark, I'm laying it down. Come on. Here comes one. What about you? Here's another one. What about you? I'd rather be standing up here waiting than standing back there letting the devil talk me out of it. I would stand up here and wait on Brother Mark to pray for me. Then to listen to the devil saying you don't have to go. It's not going to matter in your life. It will matter when you give it all to God. Remember, he couldn't fill full vessels. He could only fill empty ones. Pour ourselves out to him so that we can be filled with his spirit.
this world.